0: Salamari for Rahmad Allah, he over a cat. Spill a letter of Rahman alhamdulillah Bin Ali Mean. Was salatu was salam or a rasuli in Nabi Kareem. On my bed, do الله سبحانه وتعالى في كتابه العزيز بعد أن نقول بالله من الشيطان الرجيم فبما من الله لن ولو القلب من these previous few weeks we have been going over what our heart needs to be clean from. And we were talking about Qalb Salim saleem that our hearts needs to be pure from these diseases. But initially we were talking about the qualities a sound and a pure heart has. So inshallah we're going to continue that from today and we're going to go to asifat al khamisa The fifth attribute which is called Layyan which is called layyan layyan to be soft so we're going over the major bad qualities that the heart should be clean from now we're going to go back to the qualities the heart should have a person should have in order to enter jannah our hearts need to be soft a soft heart a lot of times people think that softness means weakness. A lot of people think that softness means weakness. For example, it's easy, it's easy to push that person around or force your view on that person. Soft heart does not mean to be weak, where people can push you around. Especially people who are learning Deen, they need to be strong. They need to be have a soft heart, but a soft heart does not mean you have a weak heart. Firaun and in Musa aik saratu was salam was sent to firaun. Fakulallahu kaulallayinayina layyina layin soft O oh Musa when you talk to Firaun be soft. Be gentle, be kind, be nice. But when you looked at the conversation of Sayyidina Abu Salih, you will see that Abu Salih was firm in his conversation. He was firm in his conversation with Fir'aun and kept pushing back. He wasn't going to let Fir'aun walk over him. So being soft does not mean you're weak. Someone comes to you and curses at your mother, and you're like, okay, let him go. It's okay. You just only curse them. No, no, no. You stand strong. Somebody curses, comes and curses to about a Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, we don't stay silent. Oh, how dare you talk about my prophet? No, we stand firm. Don't confuse softness with weakness. Don't There's a difference between the two. A person can be soft and that doesn't necessarily mean he's weak. So softness does not mean weakness. Other people think that softness means a person's not strict. No, no. Being strict is not against being softness, being soft either. Strictness is not against softness. All of the Sahaba, ta'ala they followed the Nabi wasallam, And the Messenger of Allah sallam was known to be the softest and most kindest of human beings. And Sayyidina Umar also followed the softness of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam, the kindness, the gentleness of An Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam. But we would notice that Sayyidina Umar was the most strict and the most stern. And if you look at the soft, who we would consider the softest of the Sahaba when you looked at Sayyidina Abu Bakr as siddiq you would say he was more soft. He was more a little bit more soft, and Sayyidina Umar was more strict. But Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq radiAllahu when he became Khalifa to Rasulullah, when he became Amir al-Mutmainim, when he became the leader after the demise of the Nabi sallallahu wasallam, at that moment, some of the people got ready. Even Umar was like, okay, let's let's calm down a little bit. Let's not be that strict. But when people came and they said, okay, zakat is no longer fard after the demise of the Nabi sallallahu zakat is no longer fard. Sayyidina Abu Bakr As siddiq radiyallahu said if I have to stand against all of you and fight against all of you I'll do it but you have to pay your zakat zakat is fact zakat is an obligation Sayyidina Abu Bakr As siddiq radiyallahu was such was such that when he was leading salah when he was leading salah while the Prophet sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam was alive and he was sick. Sayyidina Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala leading the salah. He felt the presence of an Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The Prophet woke up, got some energy, and he was coming to pray. And he came to pray. And Sayyidina Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiallahu was leading the salah. And he felt the presence of an Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Sayyidina Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiallahu did not have the heart. He was too soft to lead the prayers. He felt the presence of a Nabi he wanted to move back and the Prophet told him to stay, but he couldn't, his heart didn't allow it. So it is said that the Prophet sat down and he led the companions and and the Prophet But he was too soft. When the Prophet's sickness initially started, the sickness through, through which he passed away, and he got up first, he got up and he asked Aisha radiallahu ta'ala, he was at Aisha radiallahu ta'ala in house. He had asked his wife, can I go to Aisha radiallahu ta'ala in his house? I'm not feeling well. I just wanted to stay there instead of giving them all their turns." So he was at the house of Aisha radiallahu ta'ala, he got up. And he asked, Ya Aisha, have they prayed salah? No, Ya Rasulullah, they're waiting for you. Okay, let me make wudu. The Prophet gets up, makes wudu, and he falls unconscious again. He sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wakes up again. He says, Ya Aisha, have they prayed salah yet? No, Ya Rasulullah, they're waiting for you. Okay, Prophet gets up, makes wudu again. And then he falls unconscious again. The Prophet ﷺ wakes up for a third time. He says, Ya Aisha, have they prayed salah? No, Ya Rasulullah, they're waiting for you. Prophet says, okay, then make wudu. He sallallahu alayhi wa sallam makes wudu and falls unconscious again. He wakes up for the fourth time, Ya Aisha. And they prayed their salah. No, Ya Rasulullah waiting for you. Yeah Aisha, tell your dad to lead the salah. Yeah, Aisha, tell your dad to lead the salah. Ya no no no. Not my father. He's too soft. He's not gonna be able to do it. Tell Omar. Yeah, Aisha, I told you, tell your dad to lead the salah. Why did Aisha radiallahu ta'ala, say no? Because she knew how soft Abu Bakr Stik radiallahu. Ta'ala. And she knew this was a sign and an indication that Sayyidina Abu Bakr as siddiq should be the Amir and the leader after the demise of the Nabi And she was scared that it would be a very difficult task for her father and she didn't want it. So there's a difference between softness and weakness. And there's a difference between softness and strictness. The Prophet never got angry. As a matter of fact, a famous poet, he said, <to school> in the Masjid of Allah, he never said no except for in Tashahud. He said, wa never said no except for in Tashahud. When he said, ilaha Bear witness that there is no one worthy of worship except for Allah. Otherwise, he said, the poet says that if it wasn't for Tashahud, he wa sallam, would never say no. But if you said anything about the religion of the Prophet if you said anything about Allah that angered Allah, if you said anything about the Qur'an, if you said anything about this deal the Prophet Allah was the most angriest and the most firm and the most stern and most strictest of human beings. So being soft is not does not mean a person is weak. And being soft does not mean you're not supposed to be strict, you are supposed to be strict. When it comes to this religion and upholding this religion and staying firm on this religion, you are strict. No, I'm not going to commit a sin. I'm not going to do something wrong. I'm going to be very strict. I don't care how mad you get at me. But if I have to disobey Allah, and His Messenger then I'm not going to do it. So there's a difference between the two. So now the question comes, what is softness? This word layyan, a heart that needs to be soft, what is it? A soft heart generally should have two qualities. A soft heart should have two qualities. Number one, a heart, having a heart that actually cares and empathizes with others. You have concern, you have genuine concern for others. And number two, dealing with people in a way that shows you care for them. Showing that empathy with care. So when you love someone, and you, you're punishing them. You're punishing them with care and love. You're showing them, Look, I don't want to do this. But it's good for you. Parents love their children. Parents never want to punish their children. There's no joy and happiness in punishing kids. And if somebody does have joy in punishing kids, then there's something wrong with them. But generally, parents do not like punishing their kids, but they know they have to for them because they love them they have to punish them if they don't punish you that means they don't care about you now you know if I don't punish you that means I don't care about you and if I punish you that means I love you otherwise I wouldn't give my energy to punish you so two qualities having a heart that cares and empathizes with others and number two showing that empathy Dealing with people in a way that shows that empathy and that concern. So we need a heart that cares and empathizes with others. Think about it. How many people do we genuinely care for? How many people do we genuinely care for in such a way that it saddens us to see them fail? It saddens us, uh, you know, that that they they are not successful. Or when they become successful, it brings us joy. How many people can say that? When I see someone else succeeding, I'm so happy. When they're sad and they're feeling, I feel the pain too. Your pain is my pain. Genuinely. And dealing with people in a way that shows care. There's a dozen ways, and there's many ways that issues can be handled. Do we handle issues in a ways that just show our authority? Or do we actually try to show people we care about you? Look, I don't want to do this, but I have to do this because this is for you. Having a soft heart, having this quality is important. The Messenger of Allah was told by Allah if he did not have a soft heart, the Sahaba would run away from you. فبما رحمة من الله لنت لهم. through my, my, my rahmah, Allah الله through my mercy Lintalahum. لنت لنتا is coming from the word لين لين soft. فبما رحمة من الله لنت لهم. due to my mercy my rahmah, my compassion. oh Muhammad you are soft towards the sahaba, رَضِيَ اللَّهُ تعالى. ولو but if you are harsh and you are hard and you had a hot temper, لَنْفَضُّ مِنْ حَوْلِكَ غَلِيدَ الْقَلْبِ لَنْفَضُّ مِنْ حَوْلِكَ وَلَوْ كُنْتَ فَضَّمْ غَلِيدَ الْقَلْبِ لَنْفَضُّ مِنْ حَوْلِكَ If you were hard, and you had a hard heart, and you were harsh, and you were severe, لَنْفَضُّ مِنْ حَوْلِكَ all of them would have ran away from you. So just being older or senior, the Messenger of Allah s.a.w. is senior in rank, but just being older in senior is not enough enough to convince people. Even the message being said needs to be said. Even if the message is right, it's huk. That's not enough either. Seniority is not enough. The message being right is not enough. Delivery is needed. How you present it is needed. Otherwise, the Prophet was the most senior in rank, without a doubt. And his message was the most pure and was was hot and right. Yet Allah, Subhanahu wa Taala, saying that if he did not have empathy, if he was not soft, if he was not kind, the Sahabah radhiyallahu anhu were the best of human beings, right? Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam said, "The Sahabah radhiyallahu anhu the best of the people. Then the الذين يلونهم, then the الذين يلونهم, then those who follow them, then those who follow them. anhu the best of people. But Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam, or Muhammad, the few were not soft with them." Even the best of people in the Sahabain would have run away from you. Even though he was senior, even though the message was pure, but if his delivery was not good, if he did not show empathy in his delivery, if he did not show genuine concern in his delivery, and his presentation, in how he presented himself, and how he expressed his feelings and how he expressed his thoughts, the Sahabain would have run away. It doesn't matter. You had good intentions, but your style of delivering that message, we don't like you. So we don't want to deal with it. How many times people say that to me? You know he has good intention. He really cares. But the way he says it is so rude, I just don't want to be with him. The Prophet had the highest level of empathy for all of creation. And every action and everything the Prophet did, it showed that he had empathy and concern and genuine concern. Look at some of the examples of the Prophet empathy with creation. Number one, his empathy with children and youth. When Fatima radiyallahu his daughter would come to his house, he would grab her and he would kiss her. And where فِي مَكَانِهَا And where the Prophet, in his home, when the Prophet sits, he would make Fatima radiyallahu sit there. And in a set, when the Prophet used to go to Fatima radiyallahu house, she would do the same. She would give him her spot. When the Prophet would grab Hassan and Hussein, Radiallahu he would kiss them. Sahaba and some of them were like, You kiss children, Ya Rasulullah. You're doing kissing, it's against manliness. You know, you have to be a man in public, and kissing a child takes away your manliness. The Prophet said, Is it my fault you don't have any rahmah in your heart? No, I kiss my grandkids. I show love to them. I have concern for them. I love them. When the Prophet would pray with young children, when he was in Qiyam, he would hold them. The narration goes, the Prophet He would pick them up while he's standing. فإذا سجدت يَدَعَهُمْ عَلَى الْأَرْضِ When he used to go and sedda, he used to put them on the ground. وَإِذَا قَامَ حَمَلَهُمْ And when he would stand up to go back to Qiyam, he would pick them up. When the Prophet وسلم, was leading salah. When he said, When the Prophet وسلم, was leading salah. What salah? A farg salah. An obligation salah. An obligatory salah. compulsory salah. He is leading the prayer in front of the Sahaba radiallahu الله تعالى مجمعين he كَانِ al بِالنَّاسِ When he وسلم, would hear a baby cry, a child cry, أَسْرَعَ فِي The Prophet would quickly finish his salah to make it easy for the mother. Quickly finish his salah to make it easy for the mother. What do we do? Don't bring children to the masjid again. They're distracting my prayer. I'm concentrating fully on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Your child's crying and he's distracting my prayer. What did my Khabib sallallahu alayhi he finished Salah quickly, because he didn't want to give the caliph to the mother. Mother feels the pain too. She's in Salah, she hears her child cry. She's feeling the pain, she can't end her Salah. She's in a fat Salah. She can't stop the Salah and take the child and calm the child down. So what does the Prophet do? He quickly finishes the Salah, so the mother can calm the child down. And the mother can be at ease too. Because after Salah, she's afraid that she's going to be embarrassed and humiliated. When the Prophet one day he was walking on the streets, and he saw a young boy, he was crying. His pet bird had died. He went to console him and joke with him, and he said, Ya Umar, ma fa'ala Ya Umar, ma fa'ala In another narration, a Sahaba came, a youngster came. Look at how the Prophet is treated, he's an elder. The Messenger of Allah is over 50 years old, 53 years old when he's in Medina Minawara. A young Sahabi. And this is for the elders too, including myself. But I said this is for the elders, including myself. That doesn't mean I'm old. That's not what I was trying to say. I was trying to say when youngsters come to me. A young Sahaba came to the Prophet and he said, Ya Rasulullah. Give me permission to commit zina. Ya Rasulullah, give me permission to commit zina. What did the Sahabu do? People turned to him, rebuked him, stopped him. What are you doing? What are you doing? That's the Prophet of Allah. Sallallahu said Allah how dare you say such a statement in front of him? Parents, this is for us. Our child comes to us and he says something so harsh, how do we respond? What did the Prophet say? He yelled at him? Curse him, Swear him, Immediately rebuked him? Humiliated him? No. He said, told the child, come here. Come close to me. So he came close and he took a seat next to the Prophet And he turned to the child, he turned to the youngster, and he said, Would you like that for your mother? Sahaba responded, no way. By Allah, may I be sacrificed for you, Ya Rasulullah? No, I would not like that. So the Prophet ﷺ said, No do people like it for their mothers. The Prophet ﷺ said, Would you like it for your daughter? Sahaba replied, No, but Allah Ya Rasulullah. May I be sacrificed for you. The masjid of Allah said, No do people like it for their daughters. Would you like this for your sister? No Ya Rasulullah. Okay. People don't like it for their sisters either. Do you like it for would you like it for your paternal aunt to commit zala? No, I wouldn't want it for my paternal aunt either. Okay, then the people wouldn't want it either. Would you like it for your maternal aunt? No, yeah. Yaqshu I wouldn't like it for my maternal aunt either. Okay, the people wouldn't like it for their maternal aunt either. So he placed his hand on him. The Prophet placed his hand on the youngster and he said, Oh Allah, Allahumma <laughs> gfir dhambahu wa ta'hir qalbahu wa Oh Allah, forgive his sins. Oh Allah purify his heart And oh Allah save guard his chastity Save guard his privacy What did he do? He tried to explain it to the youngster In a way that the child could understand In a way that youngster could understand And then at the end what did he do? He said Allah How much do we actually express to our kids that we love them? When they are sad or something Do we console them? Do we tell them off? When they show that they are addicted to something, or falling into some sin, do we show empathy or do we tell them off? Did the Prophet tell this youngster off? When the Prophet saw a child that was sad, did he tell him, you're a man, you're not allowed to be sad? No, what did he say? He went there, said a joke to put a smile on his face, calmed him down. His empathy towards his wives, number two. So remember, empathy does not mean you cannot point out the wrong. It just means you do it in a way that shows it's coming from a place of love and care. It's not like you can't tell anyone off or tell them, that hey, this is wrong. Just do it in a more genuine, more concerning and caring way. One time the Prophet was at the house of Aisha r.a. And Safia, radiyallahu tarahana, she sent some food. Safiyya radiyallahu tarahana, she sent some food while the Prophet, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, was at the house of Aisha, radiyallahu tarahana. So Aisha, radiyallahu tarahana, she struck the hand of the servant, causing the dish to fall and break. She was upset. The Prophet said, My house, he should eat with me the food that I provide for him. And one of my co wives, my sister wives, they send food to my house. So Aisha was upset. So she hit the stripe, lightly struck the servant's hand, and the servant's hand chopped the dish, causing the dish to fall and break. The Prophet gathered the broken pieces of the dish. And then started collecting on them the food which had been on the dish, and he said, "غارت أمكم." Your mother, she's jealous. In a joking, in a smiling way, he just told the servant, "Your mother, she's jealous." Meaning, Aisha radiyallahu tarahna," she's jealous. She felt jealousy. Meaning, the Prophet ﷺ wanted to tell Aisha radiyallahu tarahha, she's wrong. She shouldn't have done that. So in a kind way, in a way that Aisha radiallahu anha indirectly understood, she shouldn't have done that. In a way, Aisha radiallahu indirectly understood that okay, the Prophet is correcting my mistake in a manner without calling me out. So he made it clear that it's something that shouldn't have been ha- happened. Yet he also empathized with Aisha radiallahu ta'ala. by expressing he understands how she feels. Okay, I get it. No one else to shen- send food to your house. I get it. But I'll do that. So he picked up the items himself, put the food back, told the servant, you know, let it go. So, it's not wrong telling people and correcting their mistakes, it's on how we do it. His empathy with non Muslims, number three. He was so concerned about the well being of every single human being, including the non Muslims. That took such a mental toll on him. So much so that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had to console him. Allah yakunu mu'minen Oh Muhammad I can tell that you are getting to a state that you feel like harming yourself if they don't believe. Okay the Prophet really wanted everyone to become Muslim and he would do whatever it take to bring to Islam. So Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala consoled the Prophet Sallallahu that guidance is in my hands. Your job was to just try. And if you want to see how clearly, how much concern the Prophet Sallallahu had for non-Muslims, you can just look at the story of Taif. When the Prophet had a chance to retaliate against the non-Muslims, he did it because he was hoping that someone from their progeny accepted Islam. His empathy with animals. One time the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi was walking in an area where the Ansar رضي الله تعالهم أجمعين, were. And there was a camel that was making a lot of noises. So the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi said, من صاحب الجمل Whose camel is this? فجاء al Ansar," So a youngster from the Ansar رضي الله تعالهم عنهم came. فقال هو لي يا That's my camel يا رسول the Prophet told that Ansar youngster, رَضِيَ اللَّهُ do you not fear Allah? في This animal that Allah made you the owner of, do you not fear Allah? In a way, that's indirectly telling him this is not your animal. Everything we own belongs to Allah. Do you not fear Allah do you not fear Allah the one who ha- do you not fear Allah regarding this animal which Allah has made you the owner of this camel has complained to me that you starve it and you keep it hungry and you put a heavy burden on him you load it heavily which it fatigues him you're putting too much burden on the town. This is how much concern the Prophet ﷺ had for even the animals. You got the story of the prostitute that was forgiven because she gave water to a dog. Just by giving a dog water, Allah was so happy with her that Allah forgave her because of her concern. For animals, even though she herself was in need of water, even though her, she herself needed water, but she still felt empathy towards that animal, gave the animal, the dog, a dog, water, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Forgive. Meaning, the Prophet forget about human beings, he had time to listen to the complaints and concerns of the animals. And I end with this last narration, inshallah. His empathy, even with the inanimate objects. When the Prophet moved to Medina the Lord, people used to come from the outskirts of Medina and they used to ask, Ayyukum Muhammad. Who is Muhammad? They heard about the Prophet, meaning the news had spread around Arabia, around the Arabian Peninsula. And people used to come to Medina to see the Prophet. They used, to, they used to come and they used to ask, Ayyukum Muhammad. And the Prophet although he was sitting in the front, he was sitting down on the floor with the Sahaba and he was dressed very similar to them. So the Sahaba said, in order to avoid any confusion, Ya Rasulullah, let's make a member for you. We'll make that member and you sit on the member, on the pulpit and give your bayan there, give your speeches there, and sit there whenever you come to the masjid. So before this pulpit or before this member was built, the Prophet used to recline against a tree. He used to put his back to a tree. The masjid was just sand. There wasn't carpet and AC and air, air condition and air fans like we have nowadays. It, wasn't, it was sand. It was dirt. So the tree is right there in the middle of the masjid. So the Prophet whenever he used to give a speech he used to, put his back on that tree and give speech. فَلَمَّا صُنِعَ لَهُ الْمِنْبَرِ When the Prophet ﷺ's member was built, وَكَانَ عَلَيْهِ And he started sitting on the member. فَسَمِعَ لِذَٰلِكَ الْجَدْعِ صَوْتًا كَصَوْتِ الْعِشَارِ That tree started making some noises that the Prophet ﷺ could hear. So the Prophet ﷺ went to the tree. فَوَضَعَ يَدَهُ عَلَيْهَا فَسَكَنَتْ and the Prophet ﷺ placed his hand on the tree, and the tree caught. This is why we're told as Muslims, don't abuse anything. Not trees, not grass, not rocks, not water. Don't abuse the creation of Allah. Don't abuse the creation. It's still at the end of the day. It has honor. There's a insensity behind it. Why? Maybe not because of the item, but because of the one who created the item. Maybe the item in itself doesn't deserve honor, or respect, and our eyes, but it deserves honor, izzah, respect, dignity, and how we treat it due to the fact of the one who created that item. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us a bil Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us a soft heart, a heart similar to the heart of Al-Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Razakumallahura, Ma'akhinawana, wa Salaam alaikum waham to very ready. i okay. 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 okay.